Hey folks, Freezer Mortis here. I would like to take this time to give a congratulatory, happy one-year broadcasting anniversary shout-out from all of us here at Formula Graphics to Dr. Tarr, Professor Feather, the Midnight Gadfly, and Dr. Head at Unsane Radio. Finally, a multiple host radio show that blends content expertise with, uh, how shall we say, uh, abundant goofiness. Keep up the good work, fellows. Unsane Radio, a pop and unpop culture network. And once again, happy one-year anniversary, fellows. That's just a small portion of the torture that awaits you. I promise you that none will escape the wrath of the Crimson Executioner. Hey folks, this is the Crimson Executioner from the Vortex, HorrorHost.net, calling in to wish my friends at Unsane Radio a happy first anniversary. When I want to unwind after a long day in the torture chamber, Unsane Radio is the place I go. Each week, our hosts, Dr. Tar, Professor Feather, Midnight Gadfly, and Mark Dr. Head Justice talk about sci-fi and horror movies, books, comic books, horror hosts, and just about anything else that pops up in their demented minds. Keep up the good work, and I may spare your lives. <laughs> You're listening to Unsane Radio, by the way. This is our... Uh... This is our anniversary, first year anniversary episode. And uh, this is kind of interesting because I was thinking about this, guys. We are Unsane <laughs> Radio, the pop and unpop culture. Unpopular. So that means, you know, we've, we've spent a year talking primarily about science fiction movies, horror movies, but that's not what Unsane Radio, this this program, is really all about. Um, and we're going to start varying that a little bit. Um, we are all pretty much avid readers. We like comic books. Uh, we like art in all its forms. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the coming weeks than, than just sticking. Well, we're never going to get away from horror and science fiction. And let's be honest, Dr. Head likes Uranus. <laughs> and that's yes, <laughs> but anyway, astronomy. <laughs> but what? Yeah, I just think that uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna move out of that those realms a little bit here and there, and talk about some other things that we're, we're all interested in. Expanding Uranus, too much greater development. Right. That sounds good. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say we were gonna start talking about the things we hate. I was like, "Oh, bring it on! That's fantastic!" Yeah. Since you, I already like I talked about didn't it. like didn't like Aquaman, you know, or like the hell. Did right, you let's, see Aquaman? Let's bring on the hate. Did you see Aquaman? No, no, don't. Okay, <laughs> I keep on here. You're the only people I know who've said uh, that they didn't like it. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I take everything with a grain of salt. You know, when it, when it comes back, as everyone's saying, it's really oh, okay. great. Okay, like, go watch yeah. it. You come back. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll check it out. I have I have a copy of it. I'll uh, I'll watch it and I'll uh, let you guys know. 
Good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we, we'll talk about it at some future. So anyway, <coughs> this is our 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 fifty first episode. Greetings, fright fans, fiends, freaks, perverts, and sickos. Master of Isle here to wish my good fiends, Dr. Tar and Professor Fetter, a happy first anniversary with Radio. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Vile. Or Doctor. <laughs> Thank you, Master Vile. <laughs> Thank Thanks. You. Is it 51? Are we in 51 or 52? 52. I'm sorry. I said 52. 51. Yeah. 52. It was a leap year. It was a leap year. That's right. But yeah, Ooh, thank you, thank you, Master Vile. You can catch Master Vile on the uh, Peninsula of Horror show, um, I, I think. <laughs> Check that out. Look, in, look it up. Tell us. He's man. great. Tell he, us, Master Vile. He's actually, he's great. So, check his show out. So. Greetings, mostly men and weak women of Earth. I am Gornard, the Barbarian, ruler of Barbaria and keeper of the Golden Horde, and I'm here to tell you, all my Golden Whores, you better celebrate the anniversary of Dr. Tar and Professor Fetter on Unsane Radio. You will celebrate now, Gornard commands it. Yeah, and we got Gornard, too, coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> all right. So, Mark, what do you want to talk about? This is just a free-for-all episode, peeps. Well, I, I like the discussion we were heading into with comic book characters. Yeah, that's pretty and good. discussing yeah. characters we like, we hate. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm curious as to uh, more about what you what you don't like about Aquaman. And uh, so let's talk about comic books. All right. So, like, who's uh, growing up, who is your favorite comic book character? You start Me? Dr. Head. Dr. Head, yeah. Uh probably spider-man you know uh i love captain america as well and i loved any of the issues that had monsters in them whether it's tomb of dracula werewolf by night uh man thing or an, an appearance by man wolf in uh, amazing spider-man but i'm gonna guess uh, i think spider-man was probably my favorite character growing up yeah and when you liked captain america did it wasn't it better if it had the falcon in it as well oh yeah like i love it, the yeah. teak books yeah yeah Oh, it was great. That was about the era I really, really got into it. They were together right. all the time. They were the team. And uh, that's about the era I got in with the Avengers and things like that. And I read the occasional DC book like The Flash. Um, but I, I wasn't really too much into Superman or Batman at the time. Uh, I get the occasional Justice League because I thought, you know, hey, a lot more characters in the book. I'm going to get a lot more bang for my 25 cents or 30 cents or whatever it was, you know. Um, but yeah, definitely Spider-Man. And I, I got to tell Stan Lee that when I met him years ago at the convention. I just told him how, how much I appreciated Spider-Man and how much I appreciated him. And I gave him a copy of Grammar Man, the comic book that I had written, and told him uh, it was directly because Spider-Man was such a great part of my life and growing up that I, you know, I, I wanted to do a comic book. And uh, I gave him a copy, told him that, and he thought it was really cool. So the picture we have with the two of us together, he's holding a copy of uh, Grammar Man on his lap. So I just thought that was pretty awesome. Very awesome. Yeah. So I just want to <laughs> say thanks. Cool. You know, I mean, as like with any hero or idol, you know, it's you, you just you just want to say thank you. And you can't encapsulate all that they mean to you. But if you can just do it simply, you know, I only had 15 seconds or something you know, with the meet and greet. And uh, 
but it was just great, just great to meet him. Yeah, I wish I would have had a chance with Uncle Forey. That would have been good. Oh, yeah, that would have been awesome, too. Yeah, I think it's interesting that uh, my comic favorites changed as I grew up, you know. So, like, when I was uh, first started reading, I think Captain America was my favorite mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, but I think my fir- the first two comics I read were a Fantastic Four and, and Avengers. Um, and they were given to me by whatever Skeeter is. He's a cousin, something like that. Um, he just had them stacked in his, the back of his car, and he just loved reading them, so he gave me those two. Um, and I fell in love with those like right away. But then I, I latched onto Captain America, and then for some reason, Wonder Man, who sounds what, what a terrible name, Wonder Man, Simon Williams was like White my favorite. He was my favorite uh, because there was just something about him, because he had been a, a bad guy, had been given his powers, and he was basically then gone for years. He was in suspended animation, which turned him into pure energy. So he's like this really like interesting and he had to wear sunglasses because when he took his glasses off, his eyes crackled with energy. He just didn't have eyeballs anymore. And I thought, Oh, that's just too cool. <laughs> but well, how obscure. I mean, like you'll, we'll never yeah. see wonder man in any of the MCU movies. It's just not going to happen. That's great. Who, who how else has a favorite? You, Feather. Tar. Fe- yeah. Feather. Do you have a favorite? Uh, go on. Tar. Go. Uh, comic book favorite. Uh, this is like movies. I don't have a favorite one. I, there's, I was all over the place with comic books. Every Even as a kid? Yeah. I mean, I liked them. I loved them. But mm-hmm. uh, he just doesn't want to say Archie. He doesn't no, want to say know. Archie. He doesn't want to say Archie. No, hey, I, Archie's I, fun. I, I, like Archie. never, I used, I used no. to love Archie. Yeah. But I did like yeah. the, the more obscure comics, though. You know, uh, I loved uh what was it? The Boris Karloff comics and Vincent Price comics. Oh, Gold Key. Golden yeah. Key, yeah. And, and, but, and they had Lost in Space, too. But yeah. anyway, uh, favorite comic book character, though. I like the X-Men. I think the X-Men were the first. And that's not just one character, but that was just the comic. Yeah, that was like still had the Beast and the Angel. And, yeah, those are good. Yeah, it was like I think those were the my first favorite ones that I started following. I mean, uh, Fantastic Four. So yeah, I, like I said, uh, the comic book wise, I was all over the place. Mm-hmm. But you, were you predominantly Marvel, or did you jump around between Marvel? I and, jumped around between a lot yeah. of stuff. Um, I even remember uh, it wasn't even really well. You know, it was a series. It was like Rank uh, Big Daddy Roth had uh, cartoons. I love the drawings. It wasn't like I was particularly into cars, but just the drawings and the character drawings and stuff that was in that. I like that. So, Yeah, I think I was predominantly Marvel, and I think my brother was DC. You know, he used to love, uh, what was the, the, not the Justice League, but the teen one. Uh, um, with Titans? The, teen Titans? No, not Teen Titans. You know, that was funny because that was one of the few... Um, when Marvel Wolfman was drawing that and uh, George Perez was drawing it, uh, that those Teen Titans were awesome. Uh, that was, you know, those were really good books, really, really well written. Um, now, what is it? Uh, you know, when when Superboy goes into the future and they're in the future. Oh, the Le- League of Superhero Legion of Superheroes. Is that what it is? Yeah, Legion. Yeah. Okay, Legion. Yeah, of Legion Superheroes. of Superheroes. 
with like uh, there's like uh, aqua lad or sun lad or, or something like that. Yeah, yeah bouncing they're, they're wearing like the very kryptonite matter eater lad costumes. Uh, well, I, I eat remember, that. and they were drawn like in the '60s though yeah. too. Yeah, they very all... very simple costuming. Yeah. You all know, lived in a in the future world and stuff like that. Yeah. There was another one like that where they showed like all these variations of the superhero and like aliens that were or the suit. Oh, what was that? Maybe Le- yeah, the, maybe that was Green it. Lantern Corps. The Green Lantern Corps was really that was good. another one. Yeah, those are but great. this one, yeah. yeah, for whatever reason, maybe it was that the Legion. Uh, there was a the uh, the Legion Corps was great because they had one of my favorite names for a character and that was Arcus Chamuk. I'm like that just rolls off the tongue. I am Arcus <laughs> Chamuk. Nice. I like that name. That's a good name. It took me until I was a little older to get into DC, uh, the characters. Marvel always seemed more relatable to me as a kid. And even as I grew up, I began thinking, you know, that when I think of the DC pantheon, they're almost like, maybe because of the way they're written or the type of characters, there's such these archetypal, almost like gods in a way. You know, Superman carries this gravity about him and, and Batman, this, this presence. But they weren't relatable as, you know, Batman, whatever, human beings, whereas... The Marvel characters always seem to be grounded in having real people problems, no matter how powerful or strong. Something always happened. There was a lot of pathos in real life kind of entering into their super world. So I think that was why it was so much relatable, you know, more relatable to me as a kid, you know, being a Marvel, being a Marvel kid. Oh, constipated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, yeah, I think that's true, and I think it's they had a, a a lot of variety in that as well. So like you had Spider Man, which was the teen teen angst, you know, or mm-hmm. or not even really angst, you know, it was just him being a nerd. Um, the uh, and then you had the Fantastic Four, which is all about family, and some of my right. fa- my favorite issues of the Fantastic Four were when they were just in the Baxter Building, like the Baxter Building was its own little world, you know, with all the portals and all that kind of stuff that they had there. Um, and they seemed like real people. They had problems. They yeah, fought. Yeah, they did. You know, and they all had individual characteristics. And sound that they, they, you know, they didn't. There wasn't a lot of. There was some personal growth in the characters and change. But, you know, I read a huge run of Fantastic Four one summer, and you know, two hundred issues go between, and like the same things are happening. Like you know, Ben is still wants to be a human, and and Reed Richards still feels guilt about now being able to keep his friend from turning back into the thing. You know, all these kind of these themes and motifs kind of keep the characters and the ideas still kind of alive and ongoing as part of who they are. Very, every bit as much as Peter Parker is worried about Aunt May dying for the sixth time, you know, or what, you know, whatever is going to happen. It's, it's kind of great, you know. How about you, Father? What uh, what were your characters? What were your comics like? You, you know, growing up, what were your favorite ones? Yes, Feather. Interjection. Oh, the Schoolhouse Rock, great. Michael Chiklis. What the best thing? He was great. <laughs> you got it anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was all right. Yeah. I started with comic books in the mid to late 50s. At the theater. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one, Gadfly. Boom! <laughs> we, read, we read them in between shows. Yeah. So I grew up primarily with uh, DC. There was really no Marvel. Um, what were like... Tales of suspense, or you know, right. those those 
were out. I am Grob. DC, yeah. DC comics? Um, well, no. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I read those, but I'm talking about DC right now. Um, there was... That was really the primary comic you, you read at the time. You know, when I was eight years old, we'll say, in 1958, DC was the comic to read. You know, you could read some of these other ones, and, but that was the comic to read. And I read, you know, I remember starting out with uh, Superman and going through the whole litany of uh, DC heroes. And when I discovered Batman, Batman became one of my favorite characters um i liked batman and primarily dr head for what you said batman started to introduce emotion more so you know a personal character you know mm-hmm. uh, the other ones they, the flash did you know everybody did to a degree but there mm-hmm. was something that that really struck the chord with batman you know um and just the the fact of the character was just such a cool character, you know. Yeah. But, but it was also a precursor, I think, to um, what was to come in the '60s with Marvel. And so I was in my formative years there. I was in my, uh, I think I was 14. When did when did? No, I had to be. When did um, Fantastic Four come out? It, I think sixty one. In sixty one, yeah. yes. Well, let me tell you a story about Fantastic Four. I was at a friend's house. So sixty one. I was eleven years old. I was at a friend's house, and we were just messing around. It was a Saturday, you know, during the school week or during the school year, and I was um, just we were just hanging out. And we were down in his basement. And he said, here, look at this comic. And he gave me the issue that had the Fantastic Four story in it. So I read it, you know, sat there in the basement and read it. And I was just floored. I loved it. You know, I said, man, this is great. This is great stuff. And I looked up from my comic book, and he was standing uh, maybe three or four feet away from me with a BB gun aimed at my chest. And I went, before I could say anything, he shot me in the chest with this BB gun. And I'm holding this issue of, of, you know, what 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 comic was it? Fantastic Four. Yeah, but it wasn't Fantastic Four. It was, you know, Tales from the Unknown or, you know, something like that. Oh, okay, that. the very first appearance. Yeah, the yeah, very okay. first appearance in 1961. Okay. And he shot me in the chest with this BB gun. And it was like three to four feet away. And it hurt like a son of a bitch. <laughs> and I remember wow. yelling really loud, you know. Why and, the hell did he shoot you? Well... Because you like the comic book? No. I, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah, I never thought about that. Maybe he did. No, he didn't, you know, it was the look, look, when I yelled, the look on his face, you know, he was, as they say in literature, aghast, you know, he just, he was horrified that he had shot me and it actually hurt me, you know, it's one, it was you know, a kid thing where you don't think, yeah. you know. Right. And, you know, I could, I instantly saw it on his face. He, it wasn't intentional, you know, it sure. was, and, and became, it became a traumatic revelation in his mind. And therefore it was justification for me to forgive him. So, so no, anyway. do you know any other mass murderers? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. But oh, anyway, just, so that's my first. Just to clarify, Fantastic Four came out in Fantastic Four number one was in it 1961. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I was reading. For some reason, we might have had some of the other ones too. You know, you said you were eleven. Uh, because when did? Yeah, I was eleven. When did? Um, eleven. We, we were talking about who's your favorite character. I'm getting to that. We're in Marvel universe. You know, um, I'm reading 
1963, 64. You know, yeah. I, I read them all. Every Marvel comic that comes out, I'm reading because a, a group of my friends would we would all buy different comics and then trade them because we couldn't all afford to, all the whole you know um, group of Marvel comics because there's a, a a lot of them that were coming out. A, a plethora. I wasn't going to use that word, but I did. It worked. <laughs> but anyway, so then. I don't know, somewhere along the line, I can't really remember where, but I discovered Doctor Strange. And when I read him, and I read him early on, too, um, in, you know, whatever. I, I'm sure I read... I think it was Tales of Suspense. Tales of Suspense, yeah, first, yeah. yeah. Book, and maybe. that's what I, you know, I first read him in and, and followed him ever since. His, you know, sporadic uh, career <laughs> in comic books. But anyway, he became my favorite. So you ask who my favorite was, it's, and it still is pretty much Doctor Strange, one of the most underwritten characters in, in the Marvel Universe, I think. Did you like the, the movie version? It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm, I'm not a big Cumbersnatch guy. Cumber I snatch? don't like him very well. So what that, was that kind of... What was his name? Um, Benedict Cumbersnatch? Or, Bent your dick Cumbersnatch. In Snatch. <laughs> Oh, there's a slam. Whoa. That's what she said. Hence the cum and snatch. <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, Doctor Strange Cumber- was 1960, <laughs> 1963 in 63. Strange Tales Strange number Tales. 110. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I just, I, I've had all these comics and sold them and, you know, over the years. Bathed in them. Yeah, bathed in them. But anyway, Doctor Strange, and I still like Doctor Strange quite a bit. Um He's, he's gone through a few changes through, over the years. Uh, the other big one, um, when it came out, and because I was, when did, when did Spider-Man come out? That I was right it was there, 62, 62, wasn't it? 63, 62? I thought it was later, 63. 63, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, I thought he was early on. Mm, well, I thought, yeah. I, I thought he was, he was a little later. That's but a, anyway. That's what I thought. I mean, he was after. Uh, it, yeah, because I was a teenager, I think, when he came out. Because... I was a teenager, Peter Parker, <laughs> blam, you know, instant, <laughs> and, instant and identification, you know, <laughs> that, that was the beauty of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, instant identification to the people who are reading these comics. That, that comic book alone is a, was a stroke of genius. If, if nothing else went down in the, in the annals of literature, him, the, the creating team of that book was yeah. just 1962. Yes, yes. Yeah. Lee and Ditko. Yeah, 62, it says here, for Amazing Fantasy number 15. That was the first appearance, and then right. the first monthly series was a year later because yep. yeah. it was just a throwaway. I think Stanley yeah. just needed to find something to put in the in a comic book, and he didn't <laughs> think the idea would be that good. So he had mentioned the idea to Steve Ditko, who did all kinds of stuff with him. It was more Ditko's character, really, than Stan Lee's. Right. Well, actually, and, uh, 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 Jack Kirby drew half the book, and uh, neither one of them, Jack or Stan Lee, thought it was any good. Uh, so he gave it over to, to Steve Ditko um, to, mm-hmm. to do it, and Steve Ditko, that's, you know. So, I, and I've seen, like, pictures of the pages. It looks like Jack Kirby drawing Spider-Man, which, if you think about it, he really never did. Yeah, you know? right, right. Right. Yeah, I used to have like a pocket, like a, a novel size uh, pocket book that had the first six yep, issues of Amazing Spider-Man collected in one little volume. You know, and I, oh my God, I loved reading that. It, it was just, I could great. just read those over and over and over again. 
those stories, you know, and then drawings of like Electro and things like little, little small, like pinup posters in the back. You know, that was just a, an awesome book to have. And speaking of art, I, I mean, you know, some of the artists of the, of the time were just, well, that's what, that's part of the whole thing was, man. was it, it, people and, became noted for who they were. And one of the aspects of their art was their backgrounds, the detail. That was unheard of in D.C. There was no detail in D.C. D.C. were those, you know, that straight up, you know, <laughs> no frills yeah, comics. A plain background. But you got a couple maybe All of a sudden, you've a got you've got Kirby doing these backgrounds that are just. Yeah, it true. That, Kirby broke. Yeah. You're going, holy, that's so cool, man. Look at that detail. Look at all that stuff. You know, this is a whole new layer of a comic book to, to enjoy. Especially yeah. his, his magical creatures and like, you know what I mean? Like Strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, Ditko. Uh, oh, Ditko dude, too. I, yeah. It, it, but they were in these interesting psychedelic backgrounds that were. Of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like what Steranko did with, with the. Uh, the uh, character from Shield, uh, what's Fury. his name? Nick the, Fury. Uh, Nick, Nick Fury. Fury. Yeah. yeah, that that era when Storenko did Nick Fury, it was a real psychedelic book. It was mod. That's what it was. Yeah, was yeah, yes. mod mod yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you then you bring in these these artists like Bernie Wrightson, who uh, did you know the stuff for EC, did like the Swamp Thing, and uh, uh, one of my favorite you know, the, all comic the horrible books. stuff that he did, and and the, the vivid graphic detail which they lovingly reproduced just in black and white so you could just focus on the luscious lines you know uh he was amazing man he was amazing yeah Yeah, feather how do you feel about that uh, black and white art that bernie (laughs) writes and did in frankenstein it was absolutely marvelous Uh, yeah, no, I Bernie Wrightson was one of my favorites, and and I really liked the Swamp Thing uh, comic later on. Yeah, later on when it yeah, mm-hmm. evolved into it, yeah, it was unique. What were the artists Toddleben and Beset? Beset, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you and like, they did the, good. Uh, they were Jack they were good. That's good, man. That's good check stuff. out a comic book called Godland um, with a uh, artist from Pittsburgh named Tom Scioli, who. Uh, if if you you would think it was Jack Kirby reincarnated, his style is is almost identical to Jack Kirby. It's an intentional affectation, but he's a super nice guy. And the Godland is a trippy sci-fi fantasy hero book. Um, a lot of humor, very weird. You guys would totally eat it up. Godland, yeah. check it out. Godland, yeah, I think I've actually read a couple of issues. They are yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, he's really great too. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, we approached him through the uh, Leary Comic Books Initiative. We met him at a con, told him what we did. He thought it was great. He gave us a bunch of signed stuff to uh, to help raise money, you know, for our cause. And just was a really cool guy. Yeah, his art's really cool, too. It is. Mm-hmm. Very Kirby, uh, Kirby-esque. Uh, and then I think as I got older, I mean, I also had, I mean... I was. I grew up with comic books. Literally, growing up with them. My, when I was born, my dad had bought a three pack of comic books for me. One was the Phantom, one was Flash Gordon, and one was Mandrake the Magician. The, you know, the Defenders of the Earth. They're all the King comics, and I still would like look at those, pull them out, and read them. The covers are burned into my memory from earliest childhood, and I still have those three books. Oh, that's pretty you cool. Know. Yeah, that's very cool. Yes. Yeah, I love those. So I always kind of grew up, you know, enjoying those and reading those. Do you, and, 
Does mm. anyone remember these? I guess they weren't comic books per se. They were more like uh, the magazine. You know, it was like the size of a famous monster, but they were these really mad magazine. <laughs> mad, well, mad. I always like mad. Mad was great, but it was uh, it was, what was it called? Like voodoo witches curse. But they, oh, they had these of, tales of voodoo. Uh, yeah, the and they the had zombie. these really lured, nasty covers, you know, and the stories. Was were, it Mar- like the magazines that Marvel put out? No, they, I think they were like some small press. But, small press. Yeah, but they were just more. Did like tales of the just zombies. really gross, over the top. Yeah, pushing the, pushing the censor. Because I got these when I was a little kid, and, you know, and, you know, your parents didn't pay attention to what you were getting. And all of a sudden, they'd find one of these laying around. And go, what the hell is this? <laughs> I haven't put up by Chris or maybe by um, Warren. They did a lot of those I types of books, like with Vampirella and right. those kinds. Of but this was like this was like God. I wish I could think of the name of one of them. But anyway, they just the covers were just. Nasty. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> drinking Drink. game. Yeah, we're having a drinking game. Whenever uh, Doctor Tar says whatever, or but anyway. <laughs> Take a drink. I am drinking Owada. Pussies. <laughs> and I think I started getting into the, the DC comic books and, and when I got into my teen years more and started kept reading uh, Batman and Superman and the various, you know, Justice League was a great book. And, uh, and then DC, I noticed, you know, especially... Uh, they started doing books that were a little more uh, aiming for an adult audience or older audience anyway, especially when, you know, Feather, you had your store. You know, they, DC started doing titles like, uh, you know, the, for mature readers, like Swamp Thing was aimed more for that Animal Man and uh, Sandman, you know, those kinds of books, which really appealed to me when I was a, you know, 20 year old reader 22 year old reader rather than you know the the kid reader in me the british writer invasion was that's that was what was going on then yeah the, the changing man all of all of the all of the the brits were coming in and writing it was all, it was and, all and of the changing Br- things it was all of the brits and frank miller and frank miller <laughs> absolutely yeah. oh that's yeah. that's absolutely more right all those judge guys. dread yeah. Yeah, yeah, one of my oh, favorites. I love, well, that, I love Judge Dredd. That that brings me to yeah. What and I had to smile when Doctor Heb talked mentioned the store because I was thinking about the store. Um, I had a store in Bowling Green, Ohio, for a number of years that was called Hidden Realms, and it was primarily a comic book store, a comic book slash gaming store. And this mm-hmm. is where uh, Doctor Heb and and I met. This is where Doctor Tar and I met. Is at this store in Bowling Green. This is where I first met my father. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, that's not true. Are you my father? Pay up. Here's the, here's the bill. Said, here's your father, Gadfly. Yeah. No. But yeah, I was just a pupate. <laughs> pupate. Yeah. But anyway, so hey, the, the combination of of comics and gaming, or how Mark and or Doctor Head and I, you know, met and got to know each other, and and then we also discovered pretty quickly on that we had a love for uh, really screwed up music, 
movies and movies. Yeah. Well, I, I, I still remember the very first purchase I made there. I don't know if you remember it. No. <laughs> yeah, you had a you had a couple um, paper like grocery bags full of old beat up comic books. Oh, they yes. were a lot of reprints, hundred page reprints from the from the seventies and things like that. The DC books, and some had their covers torn off, and they were none of them were in good shape. And I said, "Well, how much are these books?" And he went, "Oh, they're they're cheap." So I I I got eighty six of them. I remember the numbers. I remember okay. this. And I go, "How much? How much do you want for this?" And he goes, "How much?" You said, "How much are you know? How many do you have?" And I said, eighty six. And you go, um, ten dollars." <laughs> like <laughs> I'm going to come back to the store a lot. This is great. Yeah, I'll pay a penny and a half for a comic book. Sure, why not? You know, or ten cents a book. Yeah, it was it was crazy. That's why I don't have a store anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're much too nice to be a business person. Yeah, that's, that, what, I, that's what I found out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because we also used to have the gaming weekends there too. Oh you know, yes. Well, we, we would gaming forty hours of D and D and all kinds of tabletop gaming, and you would, you know, you or 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 Betty would bring in like some like you know hot dogs or or sloppy joes, and you would sell <laughs> pop and chips, and you know everyone was there the whole weekend. We would watch movies in the back, you know, and our, we'd have our, movies our, running. Our proto uh, psycho cinema. <laughs> Yeah, those were the the film fests we would have on on Saturdays. We would have we'd start at noon and it would go till midnight, and we would show movies at this big back room uh, where we did the gaming. And, oh, and we had to had, go drive and get your TV and bring it back. and bring it back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, that was those, those were some good times. But that Feather had a van then when it didn't have a front seat, and uh, I was using a fold out chair. <laughs> Science, momentum. <laughs> that was the early days of the was, ambulance. It was duct taped down, so you're fine. No, it wasn't. <laughs> now we, we. I'm flying. I'm flying. Uh, thoughts and prayers kept it on the ground. <laughs> yes, thoughts. No, and prayers. just good driving. Yeah, I, I, I still have a, no. a Hidden Realms business card somewhere with the logo around. designed by Bradley yeah. McDivitt, who is a, a an artist. Gaming who does artist. a gaming yeah, artist. He does. Stuff. He he's constantly having his. My stuff. stuff was hung up next to his. Yeah, his Game stuff is late, 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 late show or something like that. Was one of his early games, which was an absolutely fun game. Totally fun. Yeah, I have a copy of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that game. But anyway, so there we've just rambled a whole lot. <laughs> I still read comic books. I I, I still love them. You know. Yeah, I've gotten over the past probably 10 years, it, I've stopped reading comics pretty much altogether for some reason. I don't know. Um, I would like to mention in the comic book realm in the mid-80s, um, a comic book company called First, who put out some of the best comics that anybody was putting out, such as Grimjack, uh, you know, um, oh my God, American Flag. Oh, yeah. One of the best uh, comic books yeah. ever. Howard Chaikin, <laughs> talking about artists, writers. I wanted to bring that up. This that era of comic. Well, they books. also took over um, uh, Nexus from Capital, and just such odd Nexus stuff. Nexus is one out of my all time favorite comic books. Nexus is is I think an absolutely brilliant comic book. Yeah, I bought all those hardback uh, <laughs> full series compilations, and I'm like, it's a prized possession. You know that. Yeah. You used to have uh, a Nexus T-shirt, Feather. 
Absolutely. Yeah. 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 What was the other yeah, one? Yeah, Astros. Charles Web yeah. Show a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. John uh, John Sable. Right. Was another one. In what there. was the What was the Astro City? Well, Astro City. That's later. Later. That's much later. Much much later. And that's yeah. not. That's not first. That's not first. Right. And that was the one that uh, used to. But Astro drive. City was very, is very good. Was it, it good. Rick Vich? Is yeah, it Rick, Rick Veitch. Veitch. The Brat name? Pack. We mentioned the Brat, the Brat Pack. pack. Yeah. <laughs> right. And Maxi Mortal. Yeah. And yes, yes. <laughs> Brightburn. Yeah. Brightburn is, yeah, exactly. When we saw Brightburn, it's like a it's like a kind of uh, watered down uh, Maxi Mortal. Have you seen Brightburn, Dr. Head? I, I have. Oh, so we've all seen Brightburn? Yeah, we yeah. have. Oh, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I said let's talk about it. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you got a ball? I think we did talk about it once. Yeah, we did. Think, I think we did. Yeah, about it a little bit. I was making a joke. It was, it, was, it was very familiar from the get-go. I mean, I could see the, the influence of the the Dark Superman and, you know, what you had mentioned, the Maxi Mortal that they had borrowed from. Oh, my from. God, it's Maxi Mortal. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it was easy to see where it was going to go. But I thought it was still... A fairly entertaining movie. Oh, no, no, I did too. What, what I found, yeah, uh, just another thing. One of the things that make made it entertaining. It was made by some guns. Yeah, you know, and you know, the, you know who the you know who James Gunn is. Yes, and so this is what his brothers, I'm presuming, or some. Relation. I thought both of them. And actually he had something to do with it. Yeah, but it's primarily a different one. I can't remember. But anyway, it has kind of that feel to it. These are the guys who wrote Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff, right? He did, yeah, James yeah. Gunn. But uh, well, and he did the specials. <laughs> the specials are those nipples? Yes, which is a, you know a great movie. Yeah, yeah. Br- Brian Gunn and Mark Gunn. Yeah, Brian and Mark Gunn. I don't know, you know, personally, I don't know who they are, but um, I'm presuming they're related. And he has doesn't James Gunn have By something marriage. to do with the movie too? He he might have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're they're all brothers. Yeah. Um, and Sean Gunn is the one that yes. shows up in uh, all of. Uh, um, James's movies. Hold yes. On, hold on. Is there a Tommy gun? <coughs> if not, there should be. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's our new character. Oh, you guys. <laughs> we're, J- we're James Gunn's Ill- illegitimate son, Tommy. Tommy. <laughs> or chewing. Working joined twins. So I think what. <laughs> so we're really Tommy, Tommy gun. Tommy. <laughs> It's funny because I think like when we were talking about some of those other like the British invasion and stuff, um, they started getting so adult that they had to get, they had these imprints that they would uh, create, you know, like Piranha Press. Uh, what, that was owned by DC, and I didn't know that. Um, and then the big one was Vertigo, right? So in Vertigo, I mean, it's, I think it's still around, isn't it? I think, yeah, I think so. It's become its own flagship brand under DC. They still right. launch a whole bunch of stuff under the yeah. Vertigo imprint. Yeah, and that's what gave us a lot of like things like Sandman and you know some of those mm-hmm. things. The, um, but I think like in the seventies, uh, you know, you started getting some more adult stuff that was coming in. So you had you know, heavy metal, heavy metal, yeah. But then mm-hmm. you know, and then Marvel kind of kicked off of that with Epic Magazine, Epic, and then created yeah. the Epic line, which was and their then there adult was a line. slew of these lower tier ones, just like that, like Outer Worlds or whatever they were called. Right. You know, I mean, I, nineteen, I think one of pop nineteen eighty four. The only reason I remember remember that because I had that we had a a Corbin picture on the front yeah. where the girl oh, yeah. to the I rocket used to read that as well once blasting off yeah. 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 anyway yeah and then marvel did the the larger magazine format for some of the characters like they did the uh, was a hulk Epic. magazine that, that oh, came right. out it's like in full color or someone was in black and white and then they did a 
a zombie book, a vampire book. Conan. Yeah, Conan came out in these larger formats. And they had a little more graphic depictions than in their comic books, too. Artists would would do a little more. You mean boobs? You'd show boobs. You could show (laughs) more blood. Right. Yeah, more blood, more boobs. The uh, the two staples. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, childhood, man. Exactly. Yeah. I'm like you, you. 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 If you didn't see it there, you'd have to see it on some airbrush so band. Be, so it'd be <laughs> that's right. That's the one you'd like so to your room to take MB a MB, to right? before you went to bed. They were <laughs> exactly. Real? Can I have a flashlight? You know. M B M B muscles, blood, and boobs, or boobs and blood, whatever, right? You got them all in the Hulk. So that's well, all I, I need. Yeah, I think that also like with the 70s, you really started uh, looking at artists and like the artists yeah. starts started selling the magazines. Because I think that's how I, uh, with Batman, um, the reason I even picked up a Batman, he, I, I always thought of Batman as that goofy ass dude on television, right? Uh, you know, because that was Which my, I that like, was really my first. Way. No, and I liked it too. I, but I'm like, you know, I'm not into that. I, I like, you know, something in my comic book that's a little bit more edgy or whatever. But then you see Neil Adams draws Batman, mm-hmm. and he gives him those giant fucking, you know, uh, spiky ears, you know. And you're like going, oh, now that looks cool. And then you're like going, well, this guy can really draw too. Like he is mm-hmm. masterful. Um, and then, you know, after that, it was uh, Jim Aparo. You know, took over, and he had that really good, clean comic book, but it still had that really kind of dark edge to it. Also, with yeah. the big, the big ears. Yeah, Neil Adams, his work was astonishing yeah. in the seventies with Dead Man and Batman, and Gil Kane was another great artist. Uh, you not, mentioned not Dead Man, much for Batman, Batman, but more like for other characters. But yeah, Gil Kane. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, guys. Like Gil, uh, Neil Adams is is just astonishing in that area. And it was funny because then when uh, I, I remember getting into uh, it was those hulks we were talking about, you know, the big ones, the giant size ones. Yeah. Uh, they they would always have a story at the end of some other comic they were trying to get launched, which was Moon Knight. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And yeah. Moon Knight was drawn by Bill Sienkiewicz, Uh And it looked like Neil Adams. And I thought, oh, this guy's ripping off Neil Adams. And I thought, I wonder if he knows this. Well, if you see his interviews now, Bill Sienkiewicz, he goes, all I was doing was ripping off Neil Adams. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell, but you can also then tell where he starts to get stranger and stranger and starts to adapt his own style. And uh, he is probably one of, he, I would say he's my favorite uh, uh, comic illustrator. Uh, and he's an illustrator. He's not just a comic artist. He's a uh, man. He's masterful. Oh, we could spend a time. What was the team pulp that he did? The, um, the New Mutants. The New Mutants. Yeah, because yeah, Warlock is one of my favorite characters. I had that poster. Oh, that poster was great. Is it the same warlock that goes into the Infinity Watch? No, no, no. It's the this warlock is he looks like a machine. He's from some alien world. He's like a he's an alien. techno okay. alien or whatever. He yeah, is, so. and so he, but he's just out of his mind. He doesn't know how to behave around people, so he just goes crazy oh, cool. all the time. But and he he can literally change into anything. He's like Plastic Man. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, a, nice. He's essentially Plastic which, Man. Which, by the way, Plastic Man, I think could be a really fun if they're going to be doing superhero oh, movies. I loved Plastic and Man, and just the humor to it could be. Pretty, yeah, that'd be good. And I love the way he looked. They do. They would have to keep his like '30s look or whatever. You know what I mean? That because yeah, he, was, he was a gangster before he was plastic man. Uh, he was some sort of criminal. And then wasn't he kind of half nuts though because of his, his the whole thing? Just goofy. I just remember him being all he. He was the one that was had really all a the silly clips and character. All that. I remember, always read him. He was always silly yeah. in the way this, right. Captain Marvel was. You know, the yeah. Sam character yeah. was always kind of very silly and a little bit tongue in cheek. Silly putty. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the way I always took Plastic Man, too. 
I think so. Yeah, I think that's uh, amazing. And I love how people are kind of diving back into that that kind of fun era of comic books. So if you, again, we get Grant Morrison, who's like, I think, it's funny how I didn't used to like him at all. Um, but I've really come to just love all of his stuff. Did you um, but he did Superman. Uh, Where's he Superman. from? He's from Scotland. <laughs> so he's not a Brit. <laughs> he's a United, not technically. He's did United you? Kingdom. The UK. Oh. Have, have, yes. you guys, have, you, have, have you guys seen Wonder Woman? Did you guys watch it? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I thought Wonder Woman was really I saw good. It. I thought it was really good. No, I haven't seen it yet. I was just. Oh yeah. No, did, I, have you seen I, the trailer for the second one? Oh, I can't wait for it. Yeah. That looks actually like looks pretty fucking cool. I want to go back. Eighties or something, isn't it? Eighty-four. Yeah. yeah. But I thought, yeah, I want to go back and watch the other one. I, did you get? I heard that was one of the better, better DC movies. I think oh, it might have been so. the best one. Yeah, I think it may have been yeah. done. Yeah, I agree. I I liked it. Probably. Yeah, yeah, it's probably one of the best ones. Yeah, DC just can't get their other, act together other, in their movies. Other, I mean, which their is too bad. Other the animated s- output is fantastic. Those movies are, are tremendous. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those, like the Justice League trilogy or any of those other ones. Those are amazing, but they just can't get their movies to work for shit. Yeah, other than Batman, you know, in you know, the, the Batman Yeah, movies. the Nolan trilogy was, was, was really good, especially yes, Dark Knight. I think Knight. so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, the second one was good. Uh, the first one was okay. The third one was a piece of dog shit. <laughs> oh, order for work. Sean Connery, get out of there. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, a little messy in oh, that one. Uh, Batman, Superman, I had a great potential. I love the beginning of it. And you really understand why Batman hates Superman, but then it just gets so awful and silly. Like, oh, oh, you're not going to kill me because my mom's name is Martha? What? You know, like, (laughs) oh, come on. Jesus, guys, really? I'm one of the few people who like, I'm one of the few people who liked Justice League. I I forgive it all of its transgressions. It's just, I enjoy watching it. And I've watched it several times, just as you know, just have it on, and you know, and it's just a good adventure. I think we actually get to see Henry Cavill uh, be Superman after he's done being pissed off. You know, he kind of, he really, I think he really like comes into it. And I'm like, going, oh my gosh, why couldn't they do this with the other ones? You know, Man of Steel. I liked Man of Steel. I thought he was great in that he's, one. Yeah, he's not bad. That's what I said. Yeah, I just, I, 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 that might be my favorite Superman movie because it seems like. You see the human side. Of, yeah. you know, I know irony because he's an alien, but you see more of the human side of Superman, which is what DC sorely lacks in their characters. You know, you very rarely kind of feel empathy for the the people in the suits. Um, but with that one, you really kind of see more of his of his background, and you see the him struggling with these powers and that isolation in a way very much like Peter Parker feels. You know, feeling isolated, and I got these powers, and I really can't do much with them, and you know, so that was a very identifiable. Well, that was the only thing I hated about that was his his uh, dad going, "Don't use your powers, don't let anybody know." I'm like, "Come on!" That was just was that his Earth dad or his planet dad? His Earth dad. Earth dad. So his Earth dad, Pussy. not having any powers, runs into the tornado to help people, while his Superboy could have done saved everybody. You know. Right, or at least protect the dad. dad. Told you. <laughs> yeah, I could have blown the tornado away. Right, or sucked it in, or something, and you know, blew it out later. Oh, yeah. Flaunt, he would. He could have flown in the opposite direction of the tornado, yeah, causing dissipated. time to go backwards, and then uh, uh, smoking Lois Lane would be back and safe again. <laughs> 
smoking Lois Lane. Margot Kidder. Ah, Superman. Oh, Superman, you're so sexy. Are we, are we flying? Oh, I'm in the sky. Oh, this is beautiful. I'll take the email. I've got to use my cancer throat thing. <laughs> I think it's your x-ray vision did this to me. <laughs> mm, sound like Ned. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Sorry, Margaret Kidder. No, yeah. she went crazy, didn't she? I could go on and on about comic books. Yeah. <laughs> didn't she, I really didn't she could. go crazy? We should. We should go on and on. Hours. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. What else we got to do? Happy anniversary! <laughs> uh, so when was your first famous monster magazine? Oh, I was probably seven or eight. Maybe, maybe, maybe closer to ten, but... Yeah, I, the cover had uh, Phantom of the Opera on it, and I got it at a little, little like convenience store in uh, South Amherst. I don't know why we were there, but I just saw it on the on the magazine rack. I'm like, what is this magazine? Because it was never anywhere around, you know, where I grew up. So I made sure to get that, and I loved it. Right. Which which Phantom? Lon Chaney. Okay. You know what the first? I I can't remember the first one I picked up. But I remember the first one I saw <laughs> going to the barber shop. And they had a pile. He had like a pile of comic books, you know. So you're going through them, looking for something to read, and all of a sudden you come across it. It didn't have a cover on, but I'm going through it. And I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> oh, and they man. had a picture of a. Uh, it had to been from some Japanese TV show, but it was supposed to be like a two-headed police cop chick. <laughs> Most of my comics. <laughs> like, what is this? This is great. I read I read thousands of comics that didn't have covers on them. I never knew what the covers right. looked like because you go to these, uh, we would go to a place called Sunshine Corners um, and you'd go in there and they'd have a three pack of them for like 75, 75 cents. And, you know, it had a three pack. They were in a little cellophane thing and then they had no covers on them. Yeah. That's because they would return them. They'd just have to return the covers to get credit for comics that didn't sell back then. You know, because they had that whole different distribution. I mean, that's a to me, that's one of the early parts of being a, with comics was just trying to find them. You know what I mean? Like, just anywhere uh-huh. you, you go to all these different places, we'd have to go to two drugstores, three supermarkets, you know, and and then you'd cobble together what but you I want. Think and nobody got the same thing from month to month. That's kind of cool, though. But I think that's it's a collecting thing. You know, the hunt is fun. Yeah, it was, but you just you also just wanted to have anything you could read because you'd yeah. run out real yeah. quick. You know, like I just I you want, or you wanted to finish a story, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I always bought it by the cover. If the cover looked cool, I was thinking, oh, the story must be really great. <laughs> I Look did how that cover, too. The cool the cover is, you know. Right, not the same artist then, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, disappointed by the end content. Yeah, so I so I said the seventies were like I really when I read comic books and uh, I even started noticing artists and writers and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but 80s really is what hit with that, like where artists and writers became famous and started creating stuff and really kind of transforming. Became what a little comic more books, independent yeah, than what comics were like, though. I mean, just yeah. uh, you know, I mean, Frank Miller comes in and reimagines the Batman, but even before that, he does Ronin, which is essentially a, a great science fiction story. Um, that starts with the style of uh, the Japanese watercolors. Yeah, yeah. well, the water. Well, that's Lynn Varley, you know, who does the watercolors. But it, it's the it's a collage of two different uh, influences. One is the Japanese with Yugi. What is it? Yu-Gi-Oh or or what was it? no Lone Wolf and Cub? It was Lone yeah. Wolf and Cub. Who did that? Do you remember what his name is? No, oh, I can't remember. Uh, lo- and but it was and then Muebius. 
right? That'd Mobius. be a fun movie to talk about, Baby Car to Death. Yeah. So you can look at yeah. that and see that it's it's Frank Miller, but that's, then there's these two influences that are coming in. And that's a, a Ronan, oh, yeah. Ronan just blew me away. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, such a good story and such a great art. And, and the way it's to- just, yeah, imagery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it all well, came together. And you know, Samurai really Jack is just, uh, yes. is, it's just. I get, no, I get, I like Samurai Jack, oh, but I, I, like get, Samurai I get, I get bored it. with it really quick. Same here, yeah. I, I can stand one or two episodes, but that's about the it. The art is great, though. Oh, yes. It is. That was kind of the midpoint or like a resurrection for me to get back in the comic books. So it was mid and late 80s, uh, the resurgence, especially because of all the, the Dark Knight and Crisis on Infinite Earths and those other kind of kind of books that were coming out that got me excited to get back into comic books. I had not really bought stuff consistently you know, for years before that, you know, picked up things sporadically. Mostly at a flea market, this guy had all of his comic books three for a dollar. So I would get a grocery bag full, you know, three hundred comic books. I'd drop a hundred bucks, and but it was when those books started coming out, I got more serious into collecting those types of books because of that. And it was a time where there was an excitement, a buzz in comic books because titles were not just superheroes, you know, the same old thing over again. It was, it was, it was kind of like a resurgence or a, a, a of of just gates were kind of wide open to what you were going to read. And that was really exciting. Oh my God. Superman's going to die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, stuff like shape the changing man and those books and Sandman and, you know, animal man, swamp thing, you know, those kinds of things that were appealing. And then the other, the indie books that were starting to come out, you know, the indie press. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Stuff that you're just, you know, just, there was like you never knew what was going to be out there, and it was kind of mind blowing sometimes what they were doing. What was the big one? Spawn. One well, that was that, that was, was in the well, 90s. that was later in the nineties. Yeah, you're yeah. going into oh, that's, well, yeah. Todd McFarlane era. Todd McFarlane, yeah. No, before but that, the Indies, about, here's one. Here's one. Marvel's Secret Wars. It was like 1984. Something I think like wasn't that. that I got up? I got sucked into that one. I liked it. They were so mm-hmm. terrible. The first one. Well, I liked one it because cool. it had them all. Yeah. I, I really did. Yeah, I read the first one. I liked it because then, you know, the whole thing with the, the Peter Parker's, you know, the black costume and the symbiote and all that jazz. But um, it wasn't nearly as powerful and impactful as Crisis on Infinite Earths, which came out in 86. That was um, – and, and that's probably the only thing that came out of that series that was any kind of a success was that black suit. Mm-hmm. Ah, true. But – yeah, it was kind of. It was a great scene. I remember though, he's like the Hulk holding up a mountain and, <laughs> until he starts trying to keep him pissed off, so he could still hold up the mountain. <laughs> oh, I, th- I thought it was, it was great. They're all like, it was like uh, the first like mega series I remembered. Yeah, you know, they have, yeah. Marvel always had crossovers, which I thought was great. Yeah, you know, Daredevil shows up in a Captain America comic book or something like that. But this was, you know, this twelve issue series. Like, oh my God, there's a whole story here, you know, because um, they weren't doing year long stories in their typical story arcs at the time. You know, two three issues would carry a story, what, perhaps. What was? They just move on to the next story. So this that was engaging. Well, the Crisis on Infinite Earths was different. I mean, it it is like considered like this pop culture uh, series. It's iconic because Mark Marv Wolfman uh, wrote it. And it is just filled every single page and almost every single panel with lore, with uh, DC lore. DC lore, lore like, yeah. yeah. They're just yeah. They're people write whole books about this, <laughs> you know. These were writing about the same time, weren't the they? The beginning of the modern age. That Didn't was the, the end of the, of the Bronze Age. Yeah, it was a reset. Right there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like all, all bets are off and here we go. There's a new era. 
you know, and too, now in the last too many, too many 25 years, they've reset it like five times. Now they can't keep it going for more than a year to save their lives. So yeah, they, just, they just fired Dan DiDio. Said, you're out of here. DC did? Yep. Yeah, and they're not going to replace him. So that means that the top dog is, uh, what's the artist? Um, that's their creative director. Uh, Jim Lee. Yeah. Oh. So Jim Lee's the man now. Wow. Okay. Jim Lee. Yeah, man, that's a guy who evolved. I mean, he's, you know, he started in that whole 90s and looked like those 90s artists, which is, that's when I, that's what killed my interest in uh, most comic books. Larson. In the 90s. Yeah. Eric Larson. Yeah, Larson, him, and, uh, you know, it's it's funny because, uh, uh, what's the one everybody hates uh, that can't draw feet properly? He was like, uh, he was on like MTV. Oh, what is his name? Liefeld. Oh, God. I Rob hate his art. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And all that cross-hatching yeah. and but scratchy you, stuff. But, you know, I love him. That guy, he is such a, an interesting, fun guy. Uh, if you, uh, uh, there's a, on Amazon, there's a, the uh, documentary about the image revolution. And mm. so they interview all those guys and talk to them. And it's funny because uh, uh, Liefeld uh, does a great imitation of everybody. So whenever he's talking about somebody saying something, he does Todd <laughs> McFarlane, and it's just hilarious. And he seems like really cool. He goes, oh, yeah, we lost our mind. They gave us so much money, we all just lost our mind. Minds. And you just mentioned the the absolute guru of that whole era was Todd McFarlane. Todd he McFarlane, started yeah. it all. Yeah. He started that whole look. Yes. Um you know, and everybody just kind of and went it was off better. Uh, him and went Jim, off yeah. of him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Him and Jim Lee are the two right. real draftsmen. Of right, right. Because when he left Spider Man, Eric Larson took over. I actually liked the run that Eric Larson did on Spider Man. I thought, this, and Jim Michelini, I think was writing it as well. Maybe it was Michelini who took over. But McFarland, yeah, went and did his own stuff, Image, and took a lot of artists with him. And because he started off doing what Incredible Hulk, I think McFarland did way back in the day when he first started working yes, with that's Marvel. Correct. That's correct. Yeah, and then he moved on, and I liked the. I remember getting the uh, the first issue of his Spider-Man book at Hidden Realms. That's right. You know? That's right. Yeah, I thought it was. A, I thought it was a really good, relatively well done book. People didn't like his writing. I'm like, oh, I, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, it was something a little different, and bringing in characters and treating them in ways that were a little more mature. So I, I liked what he's done. So, yeah, I, I like those big shakeups. Me too. But that was an exciting era. You know, and I kind of, I haven't really been following a whole lot lately. I kind of get wind of what's going on with like the new 52 and then they stop that and they're doing something else. Then Marvel keeps on, you know, a title at a time, like revamping their books and how many different iterations of Spider-Man or Captain America or the Avengers can we go through before you alienate your core audience? You know, there's no continuity anymore. And, <laughs> you know, it just it seems to be a big mess on both sides. Big movies are involved now, so it doesn't matter. Uh, maybe that's, well, that's what it is. They're bending the comic books to look like the movies. I think that's a that's that's, that's a mistake. But oh, I do too. Yeah, you know, have their own separate line. Like with Marvel, did the Ultimates. You know, like DC had the Elseworlds, which I really thought were. I like the Elseworlds titles. The Elseworlds titles became um, my favorite um, run of you know issues of DC. I absolutely loved them. I yeah. thought they were. I thought because. They took you outside of the the normal realm, and most of the time they did it very well. Yeah, taking characters out of the context and treating them differently with yes. some kind of yes. fresh new perspective Absolutely. was great fun. Yes, 
And I, I taught uh, Kingdom Come in my class oh, for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah. I taught, I had a popular culture class. And most of my students knew of the characters, but they had never read a comic book. And so we would go through it. And at the end, they're like, are all comic books this good? Yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's think, good. No, no, this is a pretty exceptional comic book. And you got that great Mark Wade and, and Alex Ross. I mean, you can't get any better than Alex Ross as far as art goes. It's just, it's just sumptuous. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And, and Kingdom Come is brilliant. It really is. I have the, so you know, the, the slip case cover. And then he went over, that one. he went over to, uh, that I wouldn't sell. Alex Ross went over to Marvel then and did Earth X. Yes. Remember yeah. when uh, when Franklin Richards goes crazy and finds out he's a god or whatever <laughs> and makes everybody travel around with him in his circus. And so and Marvels. Yeah, I did yeah. Marvels over there too. Yeah. 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 Always I always pictured young Billy Mooney as oh, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh the I think one of the things that Todd McFarlane did was kind of reinvigorate the exaggerated art. He brought back like the Kirby feel of things. He had that nice loopy line like uh john byrne but then he had all those kind of exaggerations of everything just those poses that spider-man were in and even in that in, in that uh documentary he talks about how they freaked out when he did the spider web he goes uh-huh. he goes i want it to be like all loopy and he's like describing and then they cut to Lifefield, i think and he's Lifefield starts doing the exact same gestures as todd when he's gone and todd goes we're gonna take care of work and we're gonna go out and we're gonna make our own company <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing all these hand gestures that, that Todd does when Todd talks. It's, it's so funny. Uh, I would recommend seeing it. It's really good. There's a, there's a, that's my favorite part about uh, Amazon Prime is there's just these weird hidden documentaries all over the place about tons of stuff. Uh, have you seen, speaking of documentaries, I know it's off topic, but have you seen King of Kong? There is no course? off topic. <laughs> yeah, I did see King of Kong. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's hysterical. Man. I love it. Yeah. Well, anyway, back to comic books. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's where... where uh, How about I, them comic books? Well, that's where I, I lost it in the 90s. I mean, it was just because, you know, a lot of... And that's when I were just reading weird stuff, you know? So that's... I didn't... I didn't read... Yeah. Uh, Do you guys remember uh, Beautiful Stories for Ugly Children? Oh, yeah. Ugly oh, Children, yeah. yeah. That's about the era I kind of stopped because I just didn't have any was money. Was the clown? So I was getting them from Tim Bean. So yeah, I was, you know, you I was reading were... his comic books and stuff, and he was just giving me stiff stuff. I know. But... I like those. Those were... Yeah, but those were fun. Oh, what was uh, that? I'm sorry. Those were from my from yeah the time I had the store. Yeah, what was that three issue one that there was no numbers, but there was like ribbons, colors of ribbons, and you could read it in any order. Exquisite corpse. Exquisite corpse. That was a that was a great experimental comic. You guys were yeah. reading all kinds of weird stuff, like you were milk and cheese or whatever. Oh, milk, milk and cheese. cheese. Dairy products gone bad. Yeah, I'm a pint sized carton of hate. I'm a wedge of spite. Yeah, I know. I, I would hear these lines, and I'm like, "What the fuck are you guys talking about?" Those are great. And they'd say, "But then yeah. you guys." I walked in one time, and somebody yells, "Spoon!" <laughs> and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" And they're like, "Oh, that's from the Dick. You got to read the Dick." Yeah. I think my favorite milk and cheese was vomit, where they're drinking. Yes, and they just like start peeking out the window, and then it, they get into this like vomit fight, and there's this big splash panel <laughs> where they're just launching projectile vomiting at each other, and, and there's just the caption is bulimic food fight. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, they were they were ter- they were terrific. I, uh, I love. What's them. the one uh, running through the mall playing War of the Gargantuas and getting the cops called? <laughs> Yeah. I, that, that made me laugh when they made that reference to. Uh, well, yeah, they'd have, they'd have some of those, you know, some of the text diatribes, you know, that would be going on too, you know, all this action. But then, then they'd have this text that was just 
so you know it, it would be you know <laughs> so vitriolic and just <laughs> oh, condescending. It was, it was very funny. So so brilliant. Was that was a brilliant comic. Yeah, the '90s is when we also got Veitch, and you know when we, he started doing all of his really weird stuff um, with the yeah. the Brat Pack and uh, Maxi Mortal. And uh, I think that's when the market really just kind of tanked, right? Because well, they went through all the speculation, all the number one issues. Marvel right. launched a ton of no- number ones. They relaunched X Men, but then they also had the Clone Wars or the yeah the Clone Saga thing with right. uh, with Spider Man, yes. Smoke and Mirrors and Junkin. That's when I stopped reading. I thought, oh, are you are you kidding me? This is horrible. And uh, I just kind of backed out. But I was also reading like World War Hulk and uh, or. Hulk was Hulk World or something like that. Whenever he was gone, and and that's when the Ultimates started coming through. So there were some different books then, but for the most part, I had checked out in the '90s. I was done. Yeah, I think that's half the reason that we were into the really weird stuff was just we were just tired of everything else, and it was yeah, always looking for something new, something different. Uh, Yeah, just a little off center. And then the other, what was the other big one? Was uh, um, Dark Horse came out? Yeah, because the Hellboy big one. Because Magnola became a big. uh, That was fun. Yeah, they're Hellboy. still a big contender. They're a bigger heavy hitter. That Dark Horse image. Uh-huh. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of really solid yes. uh, competition. Yeah. A lot of good writing out there now. A lot of comic book companies putting stuff out. It's really great. Do you yeah, remember? putting out the most outrageously expensive single issue comics I've ever seen, seen and <laughs> never thought I would see. What did I? I know you didn't. There's like inflation it. for who, you, bud. The character is? Concrete. Remember that. Oh, I remember Concrete. I had a oh, sure. Yeah. Wouldn't that be uh, now? Wouldn't that be kind of an interesting movie? I think well, they, if it, it was yeah, written it, well. Yes, yeah, so I had the Mage, dialogue. Mage, you know, and uh, Grell, or or what, what was the one that had that kind of like weird looking eyes or whatever? Bacchus. Well, Bacchus Max. Too. What was the other Max? Oh, with the giant Max with the big giant teeth. Yeah, 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 Max. yeah the head. Yeah. yeah, there was just all kinds of weird stuff. Savage Dragon, there. I think that was Image. Oh, my favorite from that era, Oblivion City. Do you remember that? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, I, I actually city. just ordered that a couple of years ago. I found a copy of it on uh, eBay, and I'm like, oh, oh do you remember? Uh, it was a British one that you guys got, Toxic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it had... Uh, it was, was like a magazine. Yeah. Martial Law. Martial Law. Yeah. Uh, Bogeyman. Yeah. Which I loved Bogeyman. Accident Man. And that, those are all... Oh, those the first are Accident Man yeah. were... Those were good. And uh, it, 2000 AD... The, the, oh the, yeah, the, the magazine. That's oh. where Judge Dredd came from. Yeah, that's where came, yeah, Judge Dredd. Talking about and, Am- and Amazon Rogers. documentaries. That's there's a 2008 oh, yeah. documentary yep. on uh, Amazon. So oh, good. Yeah. It is really good. I didn't know that. I yes. have to watch that. Yes. Be it's, it's really good. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. That's and that's how I found them is because I watched the one on Image, and then it has those people also watched. You know, and so you go up there and they're like, I'm like, oh, look at this. This is a, so I just spent like an entire day watching about Stan Lee and all these. You know. All these really great documentaries. You know, one of my favorite ones is that uh, the one about the the original Fantastic Four movie. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Or they, I, what is it called, Doomed or something like that? Yes. And so who, they, who it's did written, it? It was written it? for Roger, a tax write off. Yeah. yeah, Roger Corman. Roger Corman. Well, and they had to get something made so they didn't lose the rights. It was a tax write off. Yeah. yeah. And they knew it wasn't going to be distributed or yeah. anything well, like that. It was made in a studio that was condemned. <laughs> they were new. yeah they so they Ed Wood all the way it, it, it was good. yeah they're like oh there were rats in the walls and blah 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 all this kind of stuff and they all were all pissed off because they thought it was a real movie they all believed it was like a, a real movie you can watch the whole thing on YouTube 
I've seen bits and pieces. Actually, the the thing costume actually looks really good. Yeah, I actually like it. it there's a camp, yeah. it's a campy movie. We should watch that and and do a, an episode on it. I'm for that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Speaking of movies like that, have you guys seen on Amazon Momo the Missouri Monster? It has Janet Decay in it. Really? Yes. No, really. Momo. Oh, nice. Yes. It's a Momo. small town monsters production. I'll have to look it up. And it's and it's kind of Is interesting it? how it's put together. It it's like based on you know the unknown what a cryptid animal, but it has this. I can't think of his name, but it has this uh, known cryptozoologist introducing and kind of narrating the movie, and okay. it's done in the context of a uh, it's a lost Bigfoot <coughs> movie from the seventies. That wasn't released, but it's uh, anyway. Yeah, she's in it. Well, yeah. So Janet Decay of Mummy and the Monkey. You can be see them on Friday nights on Facebook, and then there's a hangover party afterwards uh, on YouTube. Out of Cleveland, or should, We should, yeah, we should watch that when they're all together. I've actually been talking to Janet about starring in the next Cyclops movies production. Nice. Yeah. Good. So, because she's done some other things too, with other producers. Momo, so. yeah, Momo. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, I think I I read comic books more. I think I started reading comic books again in the early two thousands, uh, after the whole because I think Marvel then came out with the Ultimate Universe, which was a lot edgier. And mm-hmm. what, what you see in the MCU is a combination of uh, the the Ultimate Universe and the regular Marvel Universe. Um, yeah. Because a lot of the like uh, uh, Nick Fury, you know, they they even drew people like people, you know, so that Nick Fury was actually used to to draw Nick Fury in the Ultimate Universe. But uh, those were really good, and uh, I started just going back and reading stuff that I had never read before. I had never really read uh, what what's the big one that Alan Moore did, Watchmen. Uh, Watchmen, yeah, Watchmen. I never read that until like the mid nineties. Um, and it just kind of blew me away, and I thought, oh, now I got to yeah. go find some more stuff. Yeah. But you know, so I love Alan Moore. Did anybody yeah. watch the HBO uh, kind of a? I thought the HBO show was awesome. I thought it was way better than the movie. Have you guys seen it? It's like a I've, continuation I've not, of it. I've seen the movie. Know? I love the movie. I, I think know. It's I like really the movie. Baseball adaptation, but I've not seen the series. Yeah, the series I thought was great because it's it's not really any of the characters that you right. saw. It's uh, it's like 10, it's like a fifteen cult. years after. Yeah. Yeah, Rorschach becomes a cult. <laughs> it's, yeah. and it's yeah, it's the whole thing is really cool. You know the, you know it still has Adrian Veitch in it. It still has, uh, um, you know, and some descendants of other people. Um, but you know, is Doctor Manhattan going to show up? It's a dystopian society, and it's really kind of cool. I don't want to ruin it, man. It's really good. So. I'll have to check it out. I didn't. I didn't like it. The uh, from the commercials I saw, the trailers, I didn't wasn't interested at all. But I'll have to give it a shot and just check it out. Yeah, it's got a really good twist. Uh, there's all kinds of just good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, DC is incorporating, they're trying to incorporate the Watchmen into their mainstream universe now. So I guess Alan Moore was not really happy about that as well. So he, I mean, he just backed out. He didn't even have anything to do with the movie. So, but I thought of all the adaptations of all of his comics, Watchmen was the most most faithful to the actuals to the novel or you know the the miniseries. I th- I liked it very much. Oh no! I think League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was totally faithful. 
You know what? I like that movie though. I so I, I. I, I enjoy the movie. It, you have to watch it as a B movie. I mean, it is not. You know, in the same vein as uh, um, Indiana Jones. Yeah, that's it's, what it's. It's, it's pure that. pulp. Yeah, pure pulp. Mm-hmm. But I, that's all right though. I mean, it, there's a niche for it. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Doc Especially Savage. if you like pulp. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's. The only problem I have is the fucking Invisible Man at, in the Arctic or wherever they were at. Took his clothes off. Yes. So he could be invisible. Yeah. Walking around, uh, he probably would have dropped about 50 feet from where he was at. But anyway. No, well, it's a pulp. Well, it's give, a pulp. Well, <laughs> if, now, have any of you read the, the actual comics? Uh, the League of Extra- Extra- I would like to know. Oh I yes. Oh, I have them all, and they're great. Yeah, yeah. They're, uh, well, they came out in a series, like a series of series. Yes, they were. There was just yeah. a number of different right. short, and I think they just did the last one, uh, very, very, not too long ago. Um, and I, that's I have it, and it's uh, you know they continue to just everything is each set is about a different set of like lore or or uh, fictional characters that they refer to, and the last one has Harry Potter stuff in it oh really yeah nice yeah they're yeah, on, they're on a train that's going this place and there's this you know it's all these you know oh, that's yeah. kind of cool though yeah. i like oh, that yeah. well, and he does he doesn't do a very it's not like a literal analog he just fucks him and fuses all that shit together but you it's great because i would not catch it and i talked to ed katchke at uh, monarch comics and he would just start pulling out and start showing me this is this this is this this is i'm like going holy shit we should get him on the podcast sometime monarch comics monarch comics.com uh, I think so, but I think they do most of their stuff on Facebook, anyhow. Yeah, yeah well, they're Monarch Comics in Toledo. Look them up if yeah. you're in the, in in the Toledo area nearby. Oh, and by the way, one of the best Ed, comic book stores around, and Ed Cassidy Ed, is one of the coolest guys around. And smart yes. when it comes to comic book lore, and Ed, fucking genius, Ed yeah. Bear. <laughs> He'll get that. Now we just got to get him to listen. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, I would say, you know, these days the best stuff is coming out of uh, Dark Horse and Image. You know, that's where all the, the people get to play with their own ideas. Uh, they get to keep their, their rights to everything. Um, the stuff I've been reading here lately is in the Black Hammer universe, which is at Dark Horse, and that's Jeff Lemire. Uh, and if you don't know who Jeff Lemire is, he's a he's a titan these days. He did did a bunch of independent stuff. Um, not necessarily superhero, but then his this is his weird take. This is like his Astro City. Um, you know, with the the superheroes, but then there's all these other sub characters that spin off and do other things. Uh, one of which uh, is Doctor Sleep, uh, and uh, Sleep. Yeah. Well, this is the cool stuff. Is like this is where we're getting an, an infusion of artists from around the world now because we have the internet. Um, we're getting uh, David Rubin uh, does that, and uh, they they did uh, oh, David Rubin and him did Ether. But no, it wasn't Jeff Lemire. It was uh, shit. What is that guy's name? He's a writer. He's a really famous writer as well. But uh, Ether is my favorite comic right now. It's the the art is super creative. Uh, it's a little cartoony sometimes. Um, it looks. Uh, you can tell he's worked with Paul Pope before as an artist, and you can tell the influence oh. between Paul Pope and him. You know. But he's a little bit more like Samurai Jack meets Paul Pope, you know, because like these creatures. I showed you some of his work with those weird, you know, just the and the ether is about this place. Handflies pointing at Tar. Yeah, Tar. <laughs> sorry. And uh, who uh, Mobius? That kind of a uh, that yeah well, line Mo- that line drawing that 
Yeah, Mobius has the Mobius has a finer line. You know what I mean? Uh, the, these yeah. guys, these guys have the brush. This is total brush line. You know, where it's a lot of variation in thickness and hatching and and all that kind of stuff. Archer. Yeah. <laughs> Arch. Oh, I love Archer. <laughs> Which, by the way, yeah, is probably right. one of the funniest animated. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, one of the most, one of the funniest, and one of the most intelligent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have you ever watched Archer? I love Archer. Okay. Figured, I, I figured. I figured. Yeah. There was one or two things they did where they started branching out from the original storyline. Like the Archer in space wasn't that great uh, oh. uh, to some of the episodes. And there was one where the – was it on the island? It was like take place in the 40s or something. That was that was okay. But the, uh, the last one they did I thought was really funny. I like the one where they started off and he's – it's drawn like Archer, but he's in Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Oh, and then yeah, all of yeah, a sudden, yeah. the, the Russian agent or whoever come storming in, and he kills him. He goes, how'd you do that? I don't know. Because <laughs> well, H. H. John Benjamin does both the voices. Right? I know. Yeah. And that voice yeah. is just awesome. It's, it's very funny. I remember when I first started watching it, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this show is hysterical. You know, and very witty and relentlessly so. And uh, all the all the voice actors are, are just great. Characters are fan, you know, fantastic. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a bright right show a really good example of satire <laughs> and so is neon joe by the way we are the colonoscopy <laughs> of the butt area of your mind <laughs> my favorite quote from that movie yeah uh, oh, I, show. Oh, yeah. I don't know they're not adult gonna, are they swim gonna, are they gonna do another season i hope so there's only two seasons uh, i've only seen the first one <laughs> but yeah, this uh, uh, David Rubin is the one I was talking about. He's like probably my favorite artist right now. Just so it's so imaginative. Like every single page you pop through, you're like going. If you look, so at how that, that, if that you looks if like it, your paintings? If one were to buy this, because I don't own it, how would I buy it? You could get it on Comicsology. Um, so you can get like uh, Ether has had two or three short runs. Uh, that they do, um, and I think right now single issues are at buck ninety nine, or you can get like the whole whatever ten issue run for eleven ninety nine, and then you can just read it on a computer screen uh, or an iPad if you have an iPad that'll run the Comicsology app. You could also just order it. I think they, you know, you have the physical copies you can order from Amazon as well. Yeah, how much are the physical copies? Do That's you a good question because I'd actually like to own these as physical copies. Right, you know, right. they look great on screen. I've been I've read all of them on an iPad. Um, but I don't it just, it's, I said, it's, it, the whole story is like super imaginative and, and I, I'm being, being probably it's just because I've been around for too fucking long, but I just can't get into reading a comic digitally. Right. I just, I, it, it's just like I've tried and tried and tried, but it just, there's not, it's not that, the same, it, you know, I've, I'm, it's ingrained in my mind for that tactile. Got to feel the paper, yeah, feel it and, you know, text. That's why that I was way. asking. Kind of like having a DVD cover. Yeah, I feel that way <laughs> like about it. Yeah. Well, I wanted the physical copies because I want physical copies so I can lend them to people. That's a good I'm idea, like, too. I'm like, yeah. you got to read this. This is really They're cool. not DRM. What's the, what's the call? Take it's this, called, it's, read it under a blanket with a flashlight. It's called Ether. E-T-H-E-R. With your okay. iPad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're super good. Self-illuminated, thank you. But it's Jeff Lemire. Not Jeff I'm sorry. It's no. Matt Kint is the writer. K-I-N-D-T. He's another, uh, a lot of these guys like Lemire, Kint, um, just about everybody that's writing, 
got their start in independent stuff. They, you know, and they were then noticed by the big, you know, um, the big two or whatever. Big two. But they, they all then still do this stuff with Dark Horse and with Image so that they can own the property. Who does Ether? Ether is Matt Kint. No, oh, it's Dark Horse. Dark Horse. Yes, okay. Dark Horse uh, does that. Oh, they okay. al- well, gotcha. they also do the Black Hammer universe, which is Jeff Lemire. Um, and I recommend that too. Those are really good. Uh, they, again, they're they're he's delving deep into kind of like uh, superhero mythology, but then creating this own you know little universe of his own. Um, and they have a, a character in that Black Hammer called uh, Doctor Sleep, and that's r- drawn by um, David Ruman as well. And it's just crazy. Like he'll he'll do everything. He doesn't like he draws it and colors it and does everything. So and then does the lettering too. So. He does everything. He does everything, yeah. yeah. He just doesn't write it. Um, and if you just look at the art, you saw that. I mean, those are just not even, they're just crazy. Every single page is amazing. And the story's really cool, too. It's a, about a guy who uh, has figured out how to get into the ether, which is basically the fairy tale realm, you know, where all of these myth, myth, myth really exists. But in order to do it, he has to be ready to die. So every time he goes in there, he has to kill himself almost. He has to be ready to, so he jumps off a... Kind of like a Constantine yeah, thing he, he, he jumps off of this thing and will jump into a pool that's electrified so that he'll just to be about... As soon as he's about to die, he shows up in the ether. But he can't stay in the ether because he can't eat anything there. So he has, that's why he has to keep coming back. Huh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. So there's well, then when he comes back, is he in that, in that electric field and it happens no. all over again? Nope. No, he just comes back. He's, or does uh, he come back? Uh, he just comes back. He can, I don't know. He yeah. He just shows up. It's a, it, because it starts to make you think uh, he's a bum, right? So when you when he's back in the real world, you start to. I don't want to spoil it. You gotta yeah. Okay. You gotta read it. No, I was like, just curious how. Maybe he's just like inserted. You know, he's just you, you, literally you, just you. inserted into the line timeline. Yeah. Well, if you're coming back, yeah. There's a whole bunch of things they talk about with all of that, how the two worlds relate, and, and how yeah, there's a oh, whole storyline that then goes on later on that's all about that stuff. Oh, talking about this, though, there was a, a advertisement on Amazon about a, a series coming out. Uh, well, they got Tales from the Loop. Have you guys heard of this? No, not at all. I guess that's supposed to be really released later, maybe like summer, June. Is it like Hunter? It's Hunters? Like, the, no, the, no. The it, Al Pacino? It, There's Nazis! They're everywhere! No exterminate! <laughs> you gotta have the accent, though. He does have a... He's, he's yes, got that He, he's got that he, he actually does really well. It's, not, does. it's not it's bad. Not, this no. looked like a, a uh, anthology series. Like, uh, there are stories. And it's different stories. But but it looked kind of interesting. Like, like an Outer Limits. Like Outer Limits. Yeah. But it was called. T- There's been a bunch of those, you know, over anthology the years. Ones, anthology ones, but this looked kind of interesting. Yeah. I, I thought it looked kind of yeah. cool. I always give them a shot. Yeah, yeah. I know. Sometimes, yeah, most of them fall flat on their I face. But, yeah. but I'm learning so much here about all the new stuff that's going out. That's kind of exciting. Yeah, I would say you know the people to watch that are working right now are, uh, um, I'd say, um, shit. Rick Remender uh, is big. Uh, his stuff is pretty good. He did Fear Agent. Which was a kind of a space, uh, a, a drunk that goes into space. You remember Fear Agent, right? Yes. Yeah, it was really good. It was just a kind of a limited series. I think that's what got him jumped up to stuff because he got that and he got Jerome Opeña to um, draw. And if you have not seen Jerome Opeña's stuff, uh, for, uh, Seven to Eternity, I think it's called or whatever. Oh, it's amazing. His he's like a master artist. Like he can draw super realistically and fast. 
Um, he did a bunch of like Avengers for Marvel. He's worked for everybody. The um, uh, John Arcudi is another good writer. He's the one that's been doing um, Hellboy uh, for a while uh, with Magnola. And then he did all of the uh, BPRD. And if you haven't read the BPRD, those are better than Hellboy. I mean, they're they're amazing as shit. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, the um, oh, I haven't read that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy Davis doing the the drawings. I think his name is. Uh, and at first, I didn't like the Jack style. Davis. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like the style. But then I'm like, I really kind of got used to that scratchy style. And, and then he, again, he's another guy that's really inventive with his creatures. Um, but then, there, what's this other guy? Uh, Rumble um, is really cool. I like him. I'm trying to think what the guy's name is that uh, that draws it. Yeah, I just can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank. But his stuff is really, really cool. The um, and I'm trying to think, what are the? Oh, um, have you guys ever uh, read like multiple Warheads? No, no. Brendan Graham or whatever. There's another one that you look at his art and everything's packed with just little details. And you know, part of it with the story, part of it, you know, not real fine line work and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, a lot of good stuff. Oh, and you know, who's my favorite that I discover late? I just maybe like maybe seven or eight years ago uh, is Allred, Mike Allred. Mike Allred, and yeah. Uh, yeah, he's been around a long time. Yeah, and I remember, I remember, you know, what's the Madman? Yeah. I remember all that stuff, but I just didn't didn't, didn't interest me at yeah, all, you yeah. know. And I picked those up on Comicsology, and I'm just like I'm floored by his. He's old school art, you know what I mean? Like it's, but very solid uh, and very again very creative. Um, that whole thing was, was great writing. Oh, great writing! Yeah, and again, it was back to that kind of innocent time, you know, that not so dark. There was dark things in it. I mean, shit. His uh, the guy who made him's head get, got cut off, and they kept him in a toilet bowl. Yeah, for a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's some good stuff. Yeah, there's just, as I said, there's a ton of good stuff that's going on out right now, uh, which is good. But you're right; they're too expensive. Yeah, that's yeah, like four ninety five. You know, a cop. It's a for a five minute read. Sometimes I, you know, it's just not affordable. Yeah, it, it became unaffordable to me quite a quite a long time ago. Actually, and unfortunately, because I was always big into that, into the the medium. Well, now the, the good thing is, I mean, I know you like the physical copy, but you know, I I understand completely when you struggle with uh, the digital copy, the digital medium, because I'd much rather be holding it in my hands. But I know with digital comic books, I'm able to read stuff I would never otherwise be able to get to read yeah. or hold in my hand. Right. So there's the trade-off. Right. You know, I, I agree. Well, there's just yeah. that con- convenience. Uh, so like I could be on my iPad and uh, I'll read something and go, oh, shit, I love that, uh, without having to invest in a bunch of them. And then I can just go start downloading them and reading them. And then so there's branches off of that, and you start you just go down a dark rabbit hole there, and it's uh-huh. like all of a sudden you've got at your fingertips all of these comics. And I'm on an iPad Pro, which is what I have. They look gorgeous. I mean, it's nice you can hold it in your hand, and you know uh-huh. I do uh-huh. prefer a physical. I could comic, see the lure to that. I right. mean, just yeah. And then I have I've got a uh, can we know, go back to comic comics. books? Oh, you remember uh, the robot fighter, <laughs> Magnus? Back, we have been <laughs> talking about comic books. I know. Where have you been? Well, you were talking about computers at the moment, but Tars. Fun fact: I was peeing, <laughs> and it smelled like popcorn. Sorry, <laughs> extra butter. Yes. No, Oops. that that comes from theater his, style. That, that comes from his butt. Butter. Butter. 
Uranus. And there's the episode. Always back to that. <laughs> Get it back. back the back. end. <laughs> Always the backdoor kind of guy. Exclamation. Or is it? <laughs> yep. But yeah, Magnet. Wouldn't that be kind of, I think that, I would like to see that reinvented. But I don't know how he'd do it though. There's something about the '60s look to it that's just cool. Well, there's a Kickstarter out there right now uh, being put on by Han Alred, which is uh, Mike Alred's son, and he's doing a documentary about his dad. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, and it's uh, it's already funded. So, but uh, nice. He's got interviews with just about everybody, you know, because you know his dad was very well liked and you know and very well respected in the industry. But uh, I, yeah, I would lo- I would love to fund that, but I just uh, I haven't. I figure it'll come out sometime on something. I'll get to see it. Yeah. Um, I always did want one of those T-shirts though, with the symbol, the Madman symbol. On yeah. It, you know. um, very iconic. His very, uh, very cool. Yeah. His uh, uh, recent work for he did I Zombie, you know, which got turned into a television show. So that made him some bank. He have you seen the television show? I have not. Is it good? It's okay. Yeah. But he also then did. I think we lost Doctor Head. We've been pinged. It's a Russian sub. Yeah. Are, you, are you back? I'm back. Are you back? You were yeah, gone. You were gone. We were pinged by a Russian yeah, I sub. I, it dropped out and said problem with the network. And then a couple seconds later, I pinged back in. It did it earlier in the broadcast, too. Yes. yes. Yeah. All right, so yeah. I'm not sure Thank what's Thank you going for on visiting Roscoe Safety Net. <laughs> okay, so our new smooth format. How do you like it? Send us an email. All right. Somebody, 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 please send us an email. <laughs> but enough. It's been waxed. Whoa. <laughs> it's been loose and easy. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Say. All the time. One year. Had to be hanging out with you fuckers. Now you know why I wear a wig. <laughs> It's been interesting. It's been the highlight of my life. It's been semi-amusing. People of Earth, this is a message from your Dalek masters. You will celebrate the first anniversary of Unsafe Radio, or you will be exterminated. You will listen or be exterminated. Listen or be This is Dr. Tar. This is Professor Feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. Head, who's mostly clothed. You've been, list- <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Unsane Radio. One year. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, another butt joke. I get it. Uh, Tar's fun fact. Find your guys. Oh, Bearcats. He smells like popcorn. Wrong one. Uh, much, much like, like Dr. Dr. Tar's pee. <laughs> what a quirky thing. You can find us at uh, Unsane Radio. Mine smells like extra butter. UnsaneRadio.com. Tar and Feather at T-A-R-R-A-N-D-F-E-T-H-E-R.com. Email. UnsaneRadio at gmail.com. We... <laughs> We've, we've been getting a lot of comments and a lot of uh, interesting email lately, so send us some more. 
Keep it um, up. Keep it up. Yeah. I don't need adult diapers, so don't keep those up. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ben Pan will do. I appreciate the one from Blue Chew. <laughs> oh, the few from You Are Insane is pretty good. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. iTunes. iTunes. Blueberry. Blueberry. Podbean. <laughs> Blueberry Pie. Podbean. Lipson. All of those. Where all good podcasts are heard. We're on Facebook. Hang out. We're on uh, Twitter. Facebook. You can see uh, Unsane Radio on Facebook. You can also see Psycho Cinema on Facebook. Um, we do have a Twitter account. It's Radio, Radio Unsane. Do, do we uh, a flitter with the Twitter? We are a flitter with the Twitter. But uh, <laughs> we're going to be in... Strongsville, Ohio. First weekend some, in April. Some all almost when this is coming out. Pretty close. Um, so yeah, come and see us. Cinema Wasteland. Bring us your coronavirus. <laughs> we'll give you Lyme disease back. Twisted Lyme disease. I'm turning up on y'all. <laughs> <laughs>